0: It's a new world, and how we work and where we work is a very different place than it was three years ago. We had that conversation specifically around how we coach for the new world.
1: Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Gustley, sitting here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and with me sitting in the cozy, warm, Agile After Dark studios in Arizona are my fellow co-hosts, Brandon Gartley and Greg Adams-Woodford. How's it going, guys?
2: Pretty good. Um, I appreciate the intro. It was clean. It was one take. Um, (laughs) It wasn't maybe as artful as doing multiple takes, but uh, I appreciated it.
0: I mean, we could do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. It has it's been. been. It's been a good. It's a good. Been a good take. And uh, you know, it's fuck answer.
2: It's <laughs> been over a year, and now all the podcasts people are catching up to us. They, they've yeah. like figured out how what a great medium this is, and now they're all trying to do what we did four, or five years ago. Yeah, but,
0: it's true. And uh, you know, uh I'm not gonna say apologies, but you know. You know, cancer came along and
2: oh yeah, yeah I forgot about that the, whole thing. The whole cancer so uh thing.
0: yeah, sorry about that. Like one of your producers, me, uh still pissed at you about that. Uh, caught a little something. And uh and, I'm and then I'm we all now. got
1: worried and then now you're better. And yes. also yeah, fuck cancer. Yes, and also so a, a so big glad. middle
0: finger to you cancer are... and uh hey, this this family here, these two. Plus our extended family of all the people that have been on the show really, uh, got me through it. So yeah, we're excited to, to get started again. Uh, this is a, a passion we, project we for you all very, of us.
1: Very, very much. We love you and you yeah. hopefully know that and yeah, we love yeah. you.
0: And, uh, this is, this is coming back to this, honestly, is, uh, exactly where I wanted to be at the time that it's at, because, means i back. <laughs> yep. Back, baby.
2: And I'm yeah. sitting next to him, so I can tell you he's back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, should we get into it? Let's do it. What are we talking about right. today, anyway?
1: Well, quite, quite, quite excited um, for today's episode. And the episode today is In Yo Face. Agile and the return to the workspace, question mark.
2: Is this a so, title that Brandon came up with? It sounds very Brandonish.
0: Yeah, and I,
1: I'm, I, can I
0: just can I just say the subtlety of just like in your face, really? <laughs> there's something to the beauty of her actually saying it the way that it came out in my mind, but I also somewhat miss. The, the very gray Greg,
1: yoke,
0: like not yoke. quite the what it is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like yodeling,
2: yo. I had to read it a couple times before I understood what was happening. I thought there was a misspelling, Brandon fell asleep on the keyboard. There was a few extra O's in there. I wasn't sure, but I finally got it. I asked my wife and she told me, no, it's, you know.
1: There's usually some kind of cultural reference we have to catch you up to. Yeah, yeah is it is true. It's it's true. true.
0: But here's the thing. We're switching it up. Whole new whole new uh show, whole new episode.
1: Yeah, face. yeah. so we're Is not
2: gonna you? do any more transformer, you know, kind of titles anymore. Oh,
0: I still need to get like the 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 pad don't, don't, don't thing it. that goes. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> we need to do that for sure. So all right, Jess. What do we what do we got? Right. What's going on?
1: Speaking of faces and the fact that the two of you are in a studio together and I'm not. Um one of the things that we talked about is, uh, you know, is it one of our tenets is face-to-face communication, right? Like we are, we were born into agile thinking. Like we absolutely have to be in person, co-located. We said that about dojos. We said it about well everything. Um, and then there was this weird thing that happened globally called a pandemic, and we had to shift really, really quickly. And I think we learned a lot um there's a there's a lot of stuff out there but there's also a really interesting sort of argument in the tech sector right now about well actually not just tech i mean it's everywhere uh, about people coming back to work um so i literally just yesterday got a text from a friend whose office is giving them uh 2 weeks to return to work 4 days a week and w- what that means is she'd already had a um a trip planned and now she can't go on this trip because she was going to work remotely. And, and that's not even the worst of it. Think about the childcare of, for people who are working from home, things like that. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but what do we, what do we, what do you guys think about this? Like argument? And.
0: No, Jess, I mean, I, I did like my normal nerd thing. Little little yeah. research on this. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> there's there's a few things here. And I think that's a great example of like someone that you know that is being affected by this. We see in the news like Disney's ordering corporate employees to return to offices four days a week starting March first, right? <coughs> Apple has called for its corporate workers to be in the office at least three days a week. Yep. Snapchat's parent company recently asked workers to return to the office 4 days a week um you two contractors there's like a whole big thing in terms of their you know uh basically protesting and saying like you're paying me 19 dollars an hour and i i live outside of austin like i can't i can't afford to do that and have childcare right
1: i didn't know that one
0: yeah but i think the biggest question that that comes is there's this thing out there around working remotely hurts productivity. And what, I, what I, I'm going to get a little nerdy here again, because I think it's really important for this conversation to set like a foundation for this, what we're going to talk about. Because I think when we're talking about as coaches being face to face, what does that actually mean? Like, what, what are the opportunities for that in terms of what is, is actually there? And as much as we've heard about productivity being hurt or declining because of remote working, that's actually not what the research has shown. So a study by Stanford of 16,000 workers over nine months found that working from home increases productivity by 13%. And based on another survey, 77% of those who work remotely at least a few times per month showed increased productivity, with 30% doing more work in less time and 24% doing more work in the same period of time. But the interesting thing is, is that Microsoft released a new study where it found that 85% of its leaders say that the shift to hybrid work has made it challenging to have confidence that employees are being productive. And here's the wow. here's the big one. Here's the big one. More concretely, 40 so basically half, 49% of managers of hybrid workers struggle to trust their employees to do their best work.
2: So, so this goes back to one of the rants I've had, I don't know how many, countless times on this podcast, which is Management is typically the source of behavioral sort of inaptation of a, a model that comes in, a changing environment. They have they, they understand they have to manage. I have to manage. I got to manage this person. I got to manage that. I got to be in control. Control being the operative word. Right. I, if I can't see it, I don't control it. I don't trust it. And that's a typical management problem. And it's taught in business school. Right. I mean, not that yeah. specific thing, but how do you control? What's the data? Show me the data. I need to see a, a report. Yeah. I need to see, you know, how, where do you think weekly status reports came from? Right. It's the same. It's a, you know, Red, yellow, green. I mean, it's, oh my God, don't <laughs> even get me started.
1: But my eyes just rolled so hard in the back of my head. I think I saw the back wall. Yeah. Uh, yep. hundred percent. Yeah. So there's actually
0: a term that's coming out of this interesting thing from the world that we just came out of in the last three years. It's a thing called productivity paranoia. Okay. At, where leaders fear that lost productivity is due to employees not working, even though hours worked, number of meetings, and other activity metrics have increased. Wow. Let's, let's think about it in terms of the, the people that we work with. When yeah. I'm working at home, you don't have the break to go, oh, hey, I, have, I literally had to get from this part of the office to that part of the office. And I, ha- I need my five to 10 minutes to go. No, it's like meeting, meeting, meeting. I was like, can I go to the bathroom, please? I actually yes. had that today. I was like, hey, guys, I have to leave this meeting five minutes early because I have to go to the bathroom because I've literally <laughs> had the last four hours meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting.
2: Well, and also don't forget this, this, this thing is this the thing with the pandemic. Look, we were working in distributed models before this, okay? This, is, this shouldn't be a so huge surprise to anybody. Yeah, it was a much bigger percentage in different roles or whatever. But people have been distributed for a long time. So, for instance, my wife works for a big you know, multinational company. they got people in Paris and New York and Phoenix. And they have to – so my wife has to get up at 530 and go to a meeting. There's no way she could – it doesn't matter if she was in the office to do that. I mean she's in one person – with three other people in Paris and five other people in New York. I mean, it doesn't,
0: by the way, Paris, New York, Phoenix. I think that's the first time there's ever been that, that line drawn from (laughs) that city to that city to that city.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what happens. when you make toothpaste.
1: (laughs) Go ahead, Jess. But the thing is, is actually, well, two things. Um, one, yeah, to your point, I seriously, the bio breaks, like, it's so weird that we just regularly say to our colleagues, I need a bio. Um, and, right. and like we're telling our colleagues that we have to pee, which is so weird. Um, and also my husband, who does not work remotely, um, thought that bio stood for biology. <laughs> so at one point we were talking and he's like... But- right like, it yeah. actually kind of Why makes sense
0: biology not-
2: breaks. <laughs> well we need to talk about the cellular structure well, of I, mean, I,
0: I like i actually so uh so i had a meeting today where they're like oh it's actually 15 minutes later i was like oh i can go to the bathroom yeah yeah,
2: yeah. with a client i was like oh that's great plus i don't want to reveal that to people i don't need people knowing if i've got a weak bladder which i do
1: Listen, i always just tell people listen we're we're, we're gonna take a break you can empty you can you can refill, you can unfill, you can grab a snack, whatever you want. Refill, unfill, I don't care, whatever you need to do. But Greg, to your point, um, the, the idea that we've been distributed for a while is true. I mean, think about our teams in India. There's also a lot of like leaders in India, managers in India who are very micromanagingy. Because they have to report back to North America exactly what every single person is doing at every moment of the day, including bio breaks. So, you know, we we while, yes, we have been able to be distributed for a while, I don't think that we worked on the trust that it takes to do it effectively.
2: Well, and this is a side – I'm sure this is going to be a side note, but the focus should be on bringing value, not on – hours on a task. It should be what value, what's the definition of value for this, whatever initiative it is. And are we bringing value to that? If we focus on value, all that stuff doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's just, that's just the work it takes to get there. Measuring the work versus the value doesn't mean anything.
0: So this is the last thing I'm going to do from the, from kind of like, I want to just coming to this, I want to lay the foundation of the, the mindsets that are out there. Right, In terms of getting in this conversation, because I think what we want to get into is, hey, can we as coaches really look at what we'll probably say is more substantial uh, opportunities to work with folks in person? And I think the question of this podcast is, is that really still there? And we'll get into that. But I think one of the other things that I just wanted to say real quick was there was a there was a um, report by Citrix that half of all business leaders believe that when employees are working quote unquote out of sight, they don't work as hard.
1: Which Not is interesting. Any sort of
0: metrics or anything that's just a belief. So we as coaches, we talk yeah. about this all the time. is what yeah. are the context of the system and what is it actually really believing? And 48% of the business leaders installed monitoring software on the computers of their employees to check on their work. That is a great
2: idea. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. Because then you don't have to establish
1: right? trust. Adams- I think
2: you, then you don't have to establish trust or respect because that's hard. You don't want to do. I mean, that's really hard work. So hard work. if you can just monitor it through a computer, you know, an, an application, I think that's actually a much better way to do it. Because I don't want to put that work in. It's too emotional.
1: Yeah. Right. Of course. That. Yeah. Too emotional. Sure. Yeah. Um, but also, here's the thing. With I mean, it's the same thing as like I don't know, making sure that everybody's got the same story points or, you know, their oh, capacity. That's exactly
0: standardizing so. story points, Jess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just just so, had this conversation right, two weeks so we're ago. we they to do
1: that. Then every story is 3,000 story points, right? So so <laughs> leaders and managers install software. All of a sudden, everybody's just pulling up a Word doc and clicking L900 times or, click, you know, pu- pulling up an empty document and clicking their, their mouse a gazillion
2: times. Well, I would say to everybody... <laughs>
1: That's what's being measured. And wow, look at how productive I am. But to your point, Greg, no, actually you're not being productive because you're not providing value. But absolutely I will get in the system and sit here and click a, click a button for as many times as I possibly do it because that's what I'm being measured on, not on the value that I'm providing. And we should be
2: helping people understand that if you're doing some sort of transactional work, which means you could be passing and adding something to a document to somebody, whatever that kind of work is. If you're not adding value in that in, a great, in that you know, interaction or transaction, why are you doing it? We should be helping people understand everything you should, everything you do should have value. Instead of training them on the number of things you do, it should be what's the value that you're focused on and what is the outcome of that versus, Oh great. You did 40 hours of nothing. You just pass papers back and forth. Awesome. That's, I really want to pay for that as somebody who's responsible for the finances.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's a good point. And what I think, I think Brandon is, you know, we talk about outcomes versus out out mm. outputs versus outcomes all the time. And I think if you talk to anyone in management or leadership, they know which one they should be tracking and so maybe, maybe those kinds of conversations are the ones that as coaches, we need to, we need to start having kind of universally.
0: Yeah. And I, 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 I brought these statistics to the conversation because you know me, I love like poking the berry, just getting people riled up. <laughs> that's You're
1: successful kinda, at it. You're Very successful that's at it. That's kind
0: of what I do. But uh, the real reason I wanted to, to bring that forward is, was because I've, I've literally been in conversations with just people that we both have worked with in the past that they're like, Hey, productivity is lower based off the pandemic. And I was like, huh, let me, let me look into that. Right. And it was like, Oh, interesting. It's all about the PR and marketing around this in terms of there's, there's definitely stuff being put out there, but the, the heavy research shows actually that's not true. So, for us as coaches, this is what we wanted to kind of get into this episode. And we'll talk about kind of the more tactical things in the second part. But in this one, I kind of am interested in in having the conversation around the environment that we're seeing coming out of the pandemic, which is nothing we've ever seen before, by the way. Um, what What are we seeing in the different roles that we play in the different places that we've played them? What are we seeing in terms of what's the most, um, I want to say tactile stuff in terms of when you start to see like the, the light bulbs go off? What, what are some of the opportunities or things that you've seen that you've been doing that have really connected with people? And has that been remote? Because that's the question. Can we do something remote? Can we do some in person? Can we do can we not do some of the things that we want to do in person? can we do it remote? I'm just kind of want to throw that to the, to the both of you.
1: Well, I've definitely got some thoughts on this and what you're, what you're talking about. I think one of the things, um, well, so you asked what's worked, I think was sort of one of the things that you, you, you asked about. And the thing that I've seen be most successful in terms of managers and leaders being able to go, Oh, oh they're they're working they're doing their jobs and not only that but there's people are stuck here here and here here's how i can go help and support let me remove those roadblocks is i'm going to i'm going to go back to something that i say a lot so we have we have the same who right it's all of us who are doing the work we have the same what it's the work that we do we have the same when it's our deadlines or whatever that is right we have the same why hopefully we all know why it is that we're doing the work that we do we lost our where Um, and the teams that I've seen be really, really successful, they have a new wear, and it's a, and it is a virtual wear. So Hmm. like I've got a team that, uh, that has a virtual, it's an infinite canvas and they have, they literally have a room built out. Like there's a table, there's their Kanban board is up, there's a window on their, on one of their walls and you can. They change out the scenery all the time. They have
2: Valentine's Day decorations up. I just saw that one, Jess. They,
1: yes, yes, they do. And they have like, like you know, we used to have in the when we were in person. They have their mission and vision up. They have, mm. you know, their pictures that they took over the weekend. They have the posters that are like, you know, invest and you know, innovate and all of that stuff is all located in the room. But not only that, they have like leadership message board. So here's the information that I need you all to have in you know over the course of this week or whatever it is like hey by the way, we've got company kickoff coming or you know don't forget to request your PTO off or any of those things that just like general kind of the need to know stuff that would that would take an email, a slack message or a, God forbid another meeting now it's it they it's posted it's there it's available at all times they've got their metrics up and stuff is moving around their kanban board right so now leadership doesn't have to ask for a status meeting every 30 seconds because they can see exactly what's happening at all times and not only that the team is coming together to do things like celebrate so they celebrate each other they give team shout outs on a board with their pictures and their names and specifics around what they did because they were missing celebrating. They've got their internal weather forecast up there. I'm cloudy today. I'm not doing so good. Great. As a leader, I can come in and be like, Brandon's not Brandon is, you know, stormy today. I wonder what's going on. Maybe I'll grab a one on one, right? They've got their bandwidth. who's who's way overburdened and who has some space? All right. if, if Greg is overburdened and I'm, i I actually have some bandwidth. What am I going to do as a teammate? I'm going to go say, Hey, Greg, how are you doing there? bud? is there anything I can help you out with? So it's the same where type kind of where that we used to have that had all of that big visible information. Like we, as Angela talked about information, radiators, all of that is now available and it's available hybrid.
2: Yeah. And Jess, I think that, that I think that's a great, I mean, that's like in a nutshell, Right, and there's a technology enablement conversation that has to have happen around that because, you know, we got so far as to say that Zoom or Teams or whatever was or Skype mm-hmm. was the thing that we were all communicating with in a total panic. It doesn't mean that the technology was really there to enable what you're talking about, Jess. Right?
0: Well, and yep. so here's my question to Jess, which I'm kind of like, okay, problem solved. What's missing?
1: There's still I. Person, I believe that there is still a level of in person that needs to happen. I'm a I'm a people person though, so yeah. introverts might not feel the same way. I was also just at an all-company meeting, you know, and and there is intentional time built in mm. to build relationships. Because as much as we do icebreakers or fun activities or all of that stuff over. Zoom or Teams or whatever it is, there is something different about building connection in person, like a three, 3D whole wide human mm-hmm. that, is, that is different. But and <laughs> I think that we have to be very intentional about those times together. So we, we can connect over Zoom in a way we can share our pictures from the weekend and do all of that stuff. Um, but there, there's something special about building our heart-to-heart connections that happens much more readily when we're in human form.
2: And I, and I think that impromptu, those impromptu interactions, conversations, the, those are the, the, the unplanned things. So many good things happen. It's, I'm not saying it can't be done Virtually, but there's something about office bombing somebody or cube bombing somebody mm-hmm. and just saying, Hey, how's it going? That's the, the kinds of things you can get in that just walk up to somebody and there you are with your bad shirt on. They comment on your bad shirt, that starts a conversation, and it goes. I mean, that's valuable to me, it is right in, in in my work experience. I've always been, and everybody's like, Oh, here he comes. They can hear me coming. They say, I shuffle my feet, here comes Shuffler, and I come shuffling down the hall, and, and they know I'm coming there's a there's an expectation that I'm around number 1 that I care right but you have to find other ways to do that when you're not like i used to always say about one-on-ones like i don't need to one I do not i don't i don't really believe on one-on-ones because i should always be one-on-one with with the people that i work with and so yeah. therefore there shouldn't be an artificial thing about it but when you're virtual you have to rethink that you know when when yeah. it's a, when you're not together and you can't just walk up to people that are on the floor or whatever. So I do think there's, there's something that maybe you can't get back there, but, but I think there are ways to approach that.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to look at the research that I had. I, there's, there's basically some interesting uh, numbers around, and this actually makes sense around. I actually, when we're talking about productivity, like I actually feel more productive because I'm not in my cubicle and having my friend Joe like come over the cubicle yeah. and have conversations with me.
2: <laughs> so I have been accused of dragging down production so many times in my career because of me walking around bugging yeah. everybody. Right? I've been told, "Stop
0: it now! You're yeah. inhibiting productivity." So there's that too. I mean, there's so there, there's kind of, it's so interesting because it's the management group that's like. We're getting less out of you because I can't see I can't see you and I can't see what you're doing. I think Greg, you told a story a long time ago on the podcast about, you know, the developers that came in at like ten o'clock in the morning and they came in like their pajamas and your manager was like. Who are these people and what are they doing? And like, who are these freaks? And in that are Phoenix, he in? banned
2: them wearing shorts to work. You know, it was the most like, unpopular. What is wrong they're, with these people. There was a coup after that. He was no longer there. And yeah. they got to wear shorts and they were the happiest people on the but planet. But they're they're
0: like, they're kinda of like, who are like what this is so strange, unusual to me, right? So the funny the, the ironic thing for me about this whole thing is I actually do believe that people are. More, I find myself being more productive, quote unquote, in terms of like output, not outcomes. Jess, I think I I actually create more output being a remote because you worker. can crank,
1: yeah, you can crank, right? and nobody's gonna yeah. interrupt you, and you can just get stuff done. You can block your calendar so that you know people don't pop into your cubicle or it's an open floor and somebody can just walk over to your desk. And the missing component of all of that so cranking is great. Cranking also turns into burnout. You feel disconnected. You aren't connected to the purpose of the why of what you're doing or the why of the company. I mean, there's, there are definitely valuable things to be had about being in person that is really difficult to replicate, but Productivity isn't one of them.
2: <laughs> but and don't forget, let's not forget the fact that when somebody's remote and they're in their bedroom and you see that they have a Hello Kitty bedspread and they're a fifty-year-old man, that makes for some good conversation. Okay, it's a very get specific a
1: example. I got to meet a porcupine named Pickles. I was so excited about it. I never would have gotten any of that.
0: <laughs> very specific example, yeah. But I, I, you know, I think it's just the irony, just slaps me in the face. Whereas, you know, the Microsoft and Citrix study is just like this is what I want to get into the coaching stuff for the for the second half of this conversation, right? Yeah. Which is the interesting part of it is that the productivity in terms of output actually is shown to be higher because I have less distractions overall, and I'm like able to do meeting, 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 meeting. Like I'm able to like go from meeting to meeting, no problem. Context switching, yeah, screw it. I can actually like go from thing to thing, and like that could be my whole day. I'm like, I get to the end of the day, I'm like, what the hell did I just do? What did I actually like produce? Right, but the other side of that is, is some of the. Hey, I'm able to connect with someone. Jess, you mentioned this is in terms of icebreakers and all that kind of stuff, what they're meant to do. But like literally having like the water cooler conversation, literally like putting my elbow on top of the water cooler and saying, hey, you know, how's it going with like your kid that's in third grade? Right. Or, hey, your dog. Like you said that you just got a dog, right? Like it's, you know. We have this connection. Go ahead, Jeff.
1: Well, here's the the thing about that, Brandon, that I think um I think has shifted is that as knowledge workers, I think that mm. w- one of the things that we need generally is better human skills. I don't like the word soft skills because that's silly, yeah. but better human skills. And the thing is, is we've some of it sort of comes innately when you're in person because we've been taught that. But there, there, there's an actual skill set around how to how to connect with other humans. Um, things like Greg, to your point, like spend the time talking about Hello Kitty with the 50-year-old man with a Hello Kitty background. There's something that's clearly either passionate about that or they've got a kiddo. And either way, that's something that someone's going to want to talk about. And all of a sudden, now you've got a relationship. We actually had the opportunity, and I think we missed it globally, to to connect on a whole different level. We are now, when we're hybrid, when we're virtual, when we're hybrid, we're literally in someone's home. And I think about that often about how do I invite people into my home? Well, I'm, I'm gracious. And we, we talk about things like, why is there a guitar back here? You know, this, I, I would never in a million years have told new colleagues that this guitar is not because I play guitar, but because my dad passed away and he was an incredible musician. And I like having his instruments around, but that creates an actually a much deeper connection with colleagues that and I never would have said anything about my dad passing away at a new job in the office. So there's I think there's a real opportunity and it takes work. And so making sure that you take the time to do some level of connection before you get to the content. People think that you're like, you know, John off and just chatting about stuff. Not the case. You're actually doing the work of relationships. It's relationship work is real work. We had more space to do it when we were in the office because we were walking from meeting to meeting or we were getting water. But there's work involved in being in relationship with people. Anybody who's married will tell you that. We just, we just forgot to do the work.
2: You know, so here's something to go out on a limb here and talk about this thing that I like to call the theater of power. So when you go into a place physically, let's say you go into a job interview and you know exactly what you're doing. You're going into interview, with the person who's prospectively your boss and there's a desk and he's sitting on one side and you're sitting on the other side and you're going to perform a script that, you know, that's going to happen during this interview. They're going to ask you certain questions. You both really know the script, right? You're, you're, you both have read the books and there's this, there's this weird transaction of power that happens because of this physical space. And so I think part of the reason that these managers, who, who sucked before COVID, by the way, um, <laughs> is the reason these managers are uncomfortable. Part of it is that theater, that theater of understanding, my desk, ah. my office, my thing. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those constructs that they depended on as a control thing that they don't have anymore.
0: And I, and I want to kind of get us towards the break. But I think that the construct of the uncomfortableness for all of us from coaches to people that are actually creating hopefully more outcomes and outputs, but the people that are doing the knowledge workers, as you said, Jess, that they're actually creating things to the managers that are like, I'm really uncomfortable with this. But guess what? When we get back from the break, I'll talk to you about how uncomfortable I was as a coach coming back mm-hmm. and trying to say, oh, I can make this work in a virtual space and where <laughs> I've come from there. So want to get to a, a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk
1: is about, it, 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 yeah. Is, is it a bio? Oh, it's a quick <laughs> <it's
2: a laughs> bio break. Okay. Are we going to talk about the heart, <laughs> the lungs, circulatory system? What part gonna, are we going to be gonna talking I'm going to go
0: take a pee on the cactus outside. Because <laughs> <you're gonna> <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't like water. <laughs>
2: My bio break means getting out of the drink. <laughs>
0: That's right. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side.
1: All right. Unfill <laughs> refill.
0: up like like, let's let's switch up who does like the intros and all that kind of stuff and i nominated you
1: i see that
0: it's really
2: (laughs) easy you don't you won't mess it up it's (laughs) pretty simple it's one sentence
1: instead of eight (laughs) that's right i mean
2: yeah although you know i i think it'll be one it's really simple it's just one sentence how bad could how hard could it be
1: yeah, I don't know, Craig. How hard
2: is it? It's
0: not at all. It's really easy. <laughs> Although he shows up here and he was like, uh, Did you print out the highlight for me? <laughs>
2: I read it. I just needed something to write notes on, and I already wrote a you note. You read
1: it? You really read it?
2: I did, yeah. I thought it sucked, I but I read it I ahead. I wish I, I wouldn't have. <laughs>
0: Where? Back. Back. <laughs> yeah, we back. Here we are. And uh, in a uh, true Agile After Dark tradition, we're going to do a round the horn in terms of what we're drinking. Um, let's start. And by the
2: way, I'm a little nervous because Jessica, you know, in the pre conversation, held up a, an opaque. Glass of some sort. It's
0: not a glass. It was like, yeah, it was like a cooler thing. And, and I'm yeah. a little
2: worried about what's in there because it, it'll be interesting for the reveal. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. That's all okay, so, I'm saying.
0: So we should start is what you're yeah. saying. Okay. So I'm actually, so uh, the whole cancer thing actually got me really into non-alcoholic beer. That's actually, it's not like it doesn't have alcohol, but it's just like a very, very small percentage of alcohol. So I'm drinking this thing called Groovy mocha nitro stout which is kind of a cool beer except for it tells you to shake it and every time i do it, it like fucking sprays everywhere
2: <laughs> it's like those what? widgets and yes, like botting it
0: tins or something have the
1: widget in it
0: <laughs> yeah i can't i'm not i think i might have to just like open it up and put it in and see if it still tastes good but
1: I love the fact that they put that on there as a joke and you still do it every yeah. time. It's just like shake it and then like spray it all over yourself
0: and your carpet. And there's and a camera table. in it that
2: takes a picture back to their website, their marketing <laughs> website. <laughs>
0: all right, Gregory. Oh yeah. Thanks.
2: So I'm drinking a very unusual drink for me. It, it is a healthy drink actually. Cause it has cranberry in it, mm. but then also vodka. So mm. in a short glass cuz okay. you don't want it in a tall glass cuz that'd be too much healthness yeah, with the cranberry. Right. So yeah. you would prefer to have it less cranberry color than clear. Mm.
1: Right. So you're drinking a um a Cosmo but with ice.
2: <laughs> so I don't like to call it a Cosmo. <laughs> I like to call it a combat. And oh. so yeah, yeah. combat. So, um It's so a combat. You're combat. Okay. All right. Well,
0: just go on. Combat my society. Eh? You
1: know what I'm about <laughs> to Combat say? Combat my feminine I'm... side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so you were wondering, uh, well, obviously I'm drinking math um because I don't want you to see what I'm just kidding. Um uh glass of wine. And it is a glass of wine from a wine bottle that was open on my counter. Oh. So although you did you did have me thinking about the non-alcoholic stuff. Um, one of my one of my good friends, Ben, just started working at a new company um, that has that's a TH, THC drink, like seltzer, whatever. But okay, I just have to tell you the name of it is so cute. It's P L I F T, Plift. All that's missing is you, uplift. Oh. Oh, it's
2: so cute. Oh my god, I just threw up in my mouth.
1: It's so cute. I like it. I haven't tried it. <laughs> yeah. I, just haven't. I swallowed
2: it.
0: <laughs> um so we wanted to build on <laughs> from what we were talking about in the first half of the conversation is we set the stage, I think, in terms of what we're seeing, right? And what we're observing and what the research says and so forth, but let's get into what people really want to hear about on agile after dark is what the hell are the people that are talking in the circle? What are we doing about it? Like, what, what are we, what are we actually like trying and experimenting with and failing and succeeding?
1: Well, I'm always succeeding. So I don't yeah, know. Cool, no, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I think, I think a lot of the failure comes when we're not doing something that we were talking about just before the break, mm-hmm. when we're not putting the work in a relationship, um, when we're not spending the time getting to know one another, when we're not asking about, you know, their backgrounds. I, I mean, I, you, you, you both know that I'm a people person. So I've gotten to meet, like I, I've, I've gotten to meet a porcupine named Pickles. I've gotten to meet people's grandparents. I've gotten to meet chickens. Like, to me, like, again, I think of it as being invited into someone's home. And so, but it also takes the time, effort, energy, and to the productivity point, time to do that. So if you're opening a meeting, taking the time to say, what, in, like, for example, let's say we, we start a meeting. One of the first things I'll ask is what in your area do you have that's of personal significance? Because we all built our own offices right? So look, look at this. I've got, I've got a little elephant from India and I'll tell you why it's important to me. Or I've got a picture of so-and-so and they're important to me because like just opening with that, all of a sudden now we've, ha- we have some level of connection before we get to the content. Does it take time? Absolutely.
2: And you know what, Jess, it's much it's much more effective than what I used to do, which is break and enter people's physical homes to look at their stuff <laughs> because they really didn't – they were a little caught off guard. The cops usually involved end up with me with a record. So this is a much better way to do that, what you're describing, I well, think.
0: Well, I'm sitting here in Arcasita in the Agile After Dark Studios. I think about all of like, the kitchen stuff I have here. I think about Jeannie going around my kitchen in Bloomington being like, why the hell do you have this whole big roll of this? And why what why do you have three crock pots? What's going on here? <laughs> three crock pots is a lot. Kind of building off of that, I one of the things that I wanna put out there is to be fully transparent was when the pandemic started, uh, it was around my birthday in the middle of March. And my son was born two weeks later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I had, like, a lot of time just to concentrate. And I'm like, oh, God, new kid, all this stuff. And the company I work with, like, was great. I got two months off and so forth. Went back to the client that I was working with. And and Gr- actually, Greg and I were both working there. And they were like, okay, well, obviously, you're not traveling. And, you know, you have to do coaching for remote i i struggled i struggled hard because my whole quote unquote real valuable skill was reading a room in my opinion like that was my big thing i was like okay read a room see what this person i say something i see someone react over here i know that person i've had that conversation i'm able to draw out what they're doing and kind of that whole dynamic that's there and uh I got on a call to do coaching. No one's got their cameras on. Can't blame them, really, because pand- it's the beginning of the pandemic. So people are like, "I don't yeah. want to show my office, Jess. I don't want to show my things that I have." Right. And and uh, I was I was really sincerely thinking, I was like, "Do I need to do like a career change?" Because I I don't think I can coach teams, organizations, what have you remotely
2: well and this is what you and i were talking about a little bit before brandon was that you you have to especially if you use so i tend to use humor as a tactic mm-hmm. you know and you it's easy w- to me. when you're in person to to be able to see something that you can call out that will get them off like if they if they're on a jag about something like you can just say something a little disarming and it'll get them off to like get them to think step back pause think and when you, when you can't see somebody, you can read it, you can hear it, but it's a lot harder to do. And it's a lot, the timing is hard because, timing is hard. you know, timing is probably the hardest thing because you don't know when to, and you're constantly, you you hear people, uh, 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 you know, it's like they're trying to break in, but they don't know if the other person is pausing or if they're just thinking, you know what I mean? That's a hard thing, I think. So that's so part of it.
0: I, I kind of want to put this question to Jess is for me, I found myself going, very which i was always the pushing boundaries for me from the coaching perspective and i went very hard towards consulting
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I took off the coaching hat and i said okay based off of my experiences this is what i've seen this is what i've seen and like really being much more directive and that's that helped me kind of get past that and i've created more balance but i'm curious Jess, from your experience
2: yeah do you think that's a good thing
0: brandon or a bad thing I think it depends on the coach slash consultant. Um, I think for me, when I, I, cause soon after that, I wound up taking, uh, taking the Orsk training and so forth. And that really opened my eyes to, wow, there's ways to approach conversations around the overall system that are much more in the coaching realm than the consulting realm. So for me, it really helped me kind of, Sway back, but not all. It grounded you. I was was very hard into the coaching room, and then I very much swung the pendulum swung very hard to the consulting, and I feel like actually I have a little more balance, kind of ironically enough. So, but I mentioned Jess, your experience.
1: Um, well, I, I'm not a very good consultant, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, for me, it was more. I, I think, well, many things I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm tr- thinking of like eight different. Hey, so just while
2: you're thinking, let me ask the question. What is interesting co- coaching and consulting? What What is it? Cause I, I agree with you. I don't think I'm a good consultant either, but I don't really know exactly what that means. What does that mean to you, Brandon? Cause I think you're probably the most oh, qualified. Oh, yes, me.
0: Yeah. Uh, basically what you're saying when you go to the client is I've been at five or six other organizations that have gone through transformations. This is what I've seen. This is where the patterns are. And so therefore, you know, I see similar patterns here. So I believe that we should do A, B, C, D, and E. Like it's a much less like let's have a dynamic back and forth. It's much more of a, I have a model based off other experiences. Now I... The tricky thing is the traditional consulting is like management consulting, which is like they literally don't care what you say. That from a client side, they're like, "Here's the model. This is what you have to do. Here's your roles. Here's your things. Here's your stuff. Like, and your deck, and here's your organizational chart, and I'm out." And I don't think in what we do that that ever really comes to fruition. It's more of changing the hats on a regular basis, and I think there's some value to that, but. I think coming back to like what we're talking about in terms of should agile coaches give up on face-to-face, I think as we're starting to come out of this, the answer is no, because of all the things we talked about and the value that you get from those relationships and those getting to know people in a different way than you can on a, on a video conference. Um, but I, I kind of, I still veer. If you're talking about the pendulum stuff, I probably still veer a little bit towards the consulting stuff because of the distance stuff that I've. I haven't traveled in a year and a half, or actually, no, since you and I traveled literally. Great, it was like the middle of March yep. of 2020. Um, because of that, I had to really kind of balance more towards consulting a little bit because it basically I was seeing that's what the the client really wanted with some coaching in terms of, okay, let me, I've said this now, let me get your reaction to that. Let me understand what you're seeing from that. So that's my experience. I don't know, Jess, what you're, what you've, what you've seen.
1: Well, I think just for me personally, I mean, I was right in the middle of um, going through CTI. So yeah. I was like soaked in coaching um, <laughs> at the time Um, and then went directly into Orsk, And so I think, having just me on my own, I was able to pick, pick up on this, uh, the continuing the coaching side a little bit easier. Um, no, I will say <clears throat> I, when it's a random coaching opportunity where I'm not like using one of the Orsk tools or doing one-on-one like more CTI code, coactive coaching, it is harder. Mm-hmm. Um, than doing it in person. And I think you have to be intentional and sort of set your intent, like going into every meeting to be that, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and it's imp- I, 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 ran a, I ran a workshop at a client whose organizational culture was no videos on Zoom. You don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. So I literally spent the entire workshop talking to bubbles on a screen, or squares or whatever squares on a screen, like with a name, and that it, that that is impossible. It's or at least for me. I don't know. I don't know who can do it, but I, like there was no physical feedback. I couldn't tell if people were leaning back. I mean, it, it does take. It takes a different level of attention to be present and and seeing what's happening in the quote-unquote room but there are cues like are people sitting back are they sitting forward are they cocking their head and I also enter into these moments and I ask people to not be oil paintings like I need to see your reaction Mm -hmm. because like so videos on please don't be an oil painting If you don't like something, please shake your head. If you're, if you're super interested, like I need, I I need to see what's happening as we have these conversations. And as we talk, because there's so much information that we get from physical cues, because our bodies actually know a lot more than we do mentally. Um, and, and, but I need to be able to see that. And actually it loosens people, people up because they feel like they don't have to like from here up have to be like this, they can actually be themselves Mm -hmm. because it's different, but when you also when you invite it in, and you say, "I, I want to see," I, like I'm, I am curious, then you go, you get a lot more from it.
2: Do you think there's more? I was just thinking of a couple of examples, recent examples. I tend to get more. I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I tend to get more almost judgmental when about somebody's attitude if they're not engaging and it's probably not fair because maybe they're shy and maybe I don't know them well, but it almost feels like, Hey, look, we're all struggling here. Everybody's got to be all in. Like we, even if it's uncomfortable, we are uncomfortable in, you know, face-to-face circumstances all the time. It's like, I get a little judgy on those people. Like, Hey, we're all, this is, we're all suffering in figuring this out. You got to contribute, man. Like, you know.
1: So that's actually a really interesting point. Um, And this is something that I think that we weren't good at pre-pandemic either Um, and I think that we have the opportunity to be better because we need to be more intentional is there are are actually different collaboration styles. Like the way that we collaborate is as different as our Myers-Briggs, right? And all are valuable, right? If we have a more diverse group of thinkers together our end product is gonna be better. So we actually need different collaboration styles to be able to come together. But that means that, again, here's the intentionality in the work. Your facilitation skills need to be stronger. You need to be able to cater to different collaboration styles, right? So if I talk about my collaboration style, I'm I'm kind of a twofold. I For me, I'm relational. I need to be in relationship with someone before I'm willing to start speaking. Both of you know that. I can be silent for a month before I start participating, and then all of a sudden you're like, where did this kid come from? You've got all kinds of ideas. But I need to be in a relationship before I start partic- being able to collaborate. I'm also a processor. So if you ask me a question or if you ask me to brainstorm in a session, I need silent writing time or time to, to sort of chew through what what question was asked and what my answers might be and kind of form them on my own before I'm ready to start sharing them out. Now they're not fully formed, but I need that time. There are collaborators who you get in a meeting and you say, let's brainstorm, and they just rapid fire, you know, out. They don't, they, they just go, 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 That's phenomenal. We need them as well. And then there's like the super introverts that literally you need to, to do breakout sessions where you have a two-person conversation or, again, silent writing time, something that's going to help them be able to process before they start collaborating. And so I think there are, but we didn't do that in person either right mm-hmm. it just got like many things in the pandemic it's like it brought a bunch of stuff to the surface like a lot of businesses failed that wouldn't probably would have failed in five to seven years well they failed in two months yeah,
0: my, just, my you might bring up
1: good.
0: you bring up something interesting in that the the world the, the and the tools that we use because <clears throat> so what what was normally in an agile person's suitcase on a regular basis? What were what were some of the items that were on
1: there? Right, you got sticky notes. Sticky You've notes. got pens. You've yeah. got play toys. Yeah. We do we do things like one two four all yeah. right? Blue tape, one, right. Blue tape. Yep. Yeah. You spend a lot of time working on relationships. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is really built into. I mean, it's not technically agility but it's built into the agility coaching toolkit to your Mm. point because we we weren't good at it beforehand you know before this stuff came along and people were thinking about i mean a big part of agile coaching is not just about agile it's about relationships it's about inviting innovation it's about um Collaboration, communication, and facilitation. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's like a ton of stuff that's in there that's not simply agile, but it is part of agile coaching and it helps with the hearts and minds that are changing.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about the post-it notes because I think about those those folks that are less likely to share and the and the post-it notes in a way create some anonymity unless you recognize their yep. writing, but they were able to just kind of throw things up on the board and they are like, Oh, it's a bunch of stuff up there rather than me having to speak out loud. Interesting thing is you actually just, you work at a place that's uh, kind of is creating those virtual workspaces. Um, yeah. Right. And.
1: When yeah, I get to be part of it, like yeah. I, they, they, ask me like what is needed in terms of collaboration and and what is needed in terms of how do we make spaces that are all of the things that I was just talking. I mean, we talked about a long time ago when we were doing a bunch of dojo work.
0: We were like, I, I put forth, was that three years ago? I was like, can we make this virtual reality? <laughs> like, can we? Like, Because that was our huh. biggest, our biggest uh, thing to overcome was
1: well we had we t shirts one team one room.
0: <laughs> can we get was we had like one team oh one room God, was our thing, about right? that. can yeah. we get a room? Can we get like a conference room with these people for six weeks? And the answer And they have to be in
1: the same room. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that was you and we, know and that I was really yeah.
1: We're like at, at like fly people in for six weeks, like this, you have oh, to be. I think in I person.
0: started that.
2: I, I just that said one team it. Room I not yeah, yeah, you, might have, yeah, you yeah.
1: might have.
2: I mean, just a good term, but it, good. but I agree. But but it was the right, it was the at the time, it was very successful. Let's just yeah. put it
0: that way. That was very successful model, <laughs> yeah. right? But I it, it was interesting because I mean, Jess was on account that I'm on now where this is like. You were starting to do some of the remote stuff, and then the pandemic hit, and you were like, "Okay, well, it's still the best way to launch teams. It's still the best way to well." And don't make forget, it so, happened. And
2: and in contrast to that, remember, you and I were together. We were one week in to one of those six week <laughs> sessions yeah. when we couldn't travel anymore, and we didn't have any answers, and so mm-hmm. we just basically it fell apart, and we mm-hmm. did whatever we could ad hoc to coach, mm-hmm. but that framework just we didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, And I think Jess was one of the examples of somebody Binary. who took it and yeah. figured it out.
0: Yeah, And they figured that out. And I think that's – so that that kind of gets to kind of wrap up kind of our, our thoughts around this, which is I think we, we laid out some different things that we've done to try and encourage the similar sort of things that we can get from being in person. Um, and we talked about the statistics and that – I think the reality is you're going to have some sort of hybrid model for at least the immediate future. And I, and I Yeah,
1: do- even, you bring into your point even the companies that are saying be in person, they're saying yeah. 3 days a week or 4 days a week. Yeah.
0: it's not it's not the full 5 days, yeah. but they're
2: doing that because they're afraid that their people are going to rebel. Yeah. It's not because there's some goodness in their heart. That's at least yeah. that they that's that's yeah. the most they think they can get away with. Yeah. And it's not driven by by, again, value or success. It's driven by, well, three days sounds reasonable. Can't you just hear them in the room? Well, I think if we, well, four days, well, I think of three
0: days, that seems like reasonable. They shouldn't be mad about that. Well, some of the interesting statistics is like the Tuesday through Thursday is actually the most productive remote work. Because Monday and Fridays, you're just
1: dealing with
2: stuff. But you're doing that anyway. Like even if you're in even if you're in person, you're still doing that stuff.
1: Well, but again, it's really important to have the balance, but be intentional about the balance Mm -hmm. and understand the value. Like, be hybrid. When you get together, it's not I'm together on a laptop in Zoom meetings or you know producing something. I'm not. Contenting, right? When you're together, the 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 value of being together is the togetherness, yeah. not in I have eyeballs on you.
0: The quick, the quick, really quickly is that when the technology firms were like, "Oh, agile's the way to go." We're gonna have you, you know this from working the big box company. Did just we're gonna have these big effing open spaces, and we're gonna have a bunch of long desks and monitors at the ends and stuff. I'm kind of wondering is the next version of the workspace is big collaboration rooms where we can do quarterly plannings or, or your PI plannings, or we can do big events or we can, can do, I tell we have you, some of the smaller ones. Yeah. Go ahead. Jess.
1: Brandon, Can I tell you that that's my real wide hope? Yeah. Like I I'm so hopeful about that because here's the other thing. We have a housing crisis in the United States, uh. right? Do we need to be in person all the time? And does everyone need to be in the office at the same time? No, absolutely. We've learned that we don't. What if instead we our our footprint was coll- was collaboration spaces, mm. and all of the rest of that went to housing? Yeah. Like, can you imagine what that would do for the environment? What that would do for people's like. We we could house people, and people would be commuting less. But the time that we did spend commuting would be purposeful, intentional, collaborative time. And then the val and there's value in that. We've talked about that. And then there's very much value in also not driving in, not flying in. Mm-hmm. in, well, in let's, let's talk about the campuses that.
0: that at the big consulting firm we all work for. That yep. place in in Illinois that you go to and you're like, you're in your little ship cabin, right? Right, <laughs> right. Right, but you're there for a certain amount of time and then like, oh, I just walk out the hall and I take this direction and I go to conference room D slash 6A and I'm there. And then yes. I go back to my yeah. little ship cabin, have a little glass of wine, I come back out, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I think
1: there's something to it. Add- I'm going to add one other, one other layer to that is the amount of diversity that you're going to be able to get in your hiring pool, Um, right? Like we know that products are better built when there are diverse groups. My favorite team I've ever been on, the two of you were on. hmm. Our team was wildly diverse and you know what we did? Amazing work, right? So if you can build from a diverse hiring pool, create amazing teams be intentional about your collectiveness mm-hmm. do better for the environment and solve a housing crisis. Like,
2: yeah. Why I, are,
1: who's not thinking of this? I, I agree. I love
2: just, the it, yeah, right? I do. And I think that diverse teams thing is, it's so critical because, you know, one of the things that I learned specifically to our team that we had was, especially if you speak a second language and English, is a second language. You saw, you tend to solve problems in two different languages. And so the, the ideas that were generated by having people who have multiple language systems is pretty amazing because the problem solving becomes a much more diverse, you know, set of problem solving skills because those people think differently because of language. And it
0: wasn't just in terms of spoken language, like we had like engineers that were like coders and like that's like robotics and you know, they, yeah. I, I totally agree.
1: Yeah, it was the most diverse group of thinkers I've ever been on and the best team I've ever been on. And
0: we're
2: still what together, even though we're not a team. We're still a team.
0: <laughs> We've all <laughs> gone to various places.
2: <laughs>
1: we're so close of a team that we call each other family and go on family vacations.
0: Yeah, that's so, right. I mean... That's right. That's right. Well, uh want to kind of wrap up. This. this is a great conversation. So great to be back together. Thank you guys for, you know, mm. supporting me and you know, uh, looking forward to, to many more of these. Uh, I think the idea is that we're going to do these more often as, as we can. And, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good stuff to talk about in the future. Yep. Love it.
1: I Have to say, Brandon, it felt really good to do it. And
0: we're back, and we're you.
2: back. <laughs> I think you guys are making fun of me because I think I actually did that one time when you guys thought it was no, funny. No, it's
0: part of the Saturday Night Live, I know, but I it's think I actually did me. it one
2: time you on did X. I, it. You but did I, it, you did and then made yeah. it and <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I was like, and we're, and, were like ah, <laughs> and we're back, and you're like, ah, and we're
2: back. And then back. that <laughs> now became the joke of the thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was part of the thing, so uh. For those of you that uh, are uh, listening, please feel free to send uh, feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes and all your great different streaming services and uh, look forward to the next episode.
1: Bye-bye.